Greetings and welcome to the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. I'm Sandy Clough, Coach Carl alongside as always this week. And the Pioneers are coming off a glorious homecoming weekend sweep of Providence College. 4-1 last Friday night, 3-2 in overtime and a thriller on Saturday night. Uh, the wins keeping DU in the top five. The USCHO.com poll this week, the Pioneers actually moved up from four to three, whatever that may mean this early in the season through only six games. Uh, Denver's record now moves to four and two for the season. Uh, they are number three in the country, according to USCHO, behind only Minnesota and St. Cloud State, and ahead of Michigan, UMass, North Dakota, Quinnipiac, Minnesota State, Boston University, and UConn, the teams that round out the top 10. But uh, before we get into any of that, Coach, uh, you had two players injured on Saturday night, uh, Carter King and, of course, uh, uh, your leading scorer, Casey Dorenbach. Uh, Dorenbach, most alarmingly, early in the third period, collapsing on your bench uh, before uh, being uh, escorted uh, from uh, the arena and eventually uh, hospitalized for what you described after the game as precautionary reasons. Anything more you can tell us about Dornback and or King today? Yeah, uh, Casey has been in practice. Casey Dornbach uh, has been in practice all week, actually. He returned on Monday. Um, you know, Monday was a lighter day, so that was a day to kind of see how his body um, would and was reacting, but there was, there was no, um, there was no expectation that that would not go well. He was checked out, um, again, as you said, precautionarily at a hospital, uh, was released with a full bill of health, uh, late Saturday evening, and then, uh, had some follow-up appointments on Monday morning with our internal people, just to ensure that, um, nothing, else had arisen and everything had subsided uh, from the, the incident on Saturday. And so he's been in uh, starting on Monday, uh, full uh, activity Tuesday, Wednesday here and, and expect him um, to be in the lineup on Friday night against Miami. And then um, Carter King, um, I would say he's, he's more day to day has, has not taken part yet in practice has been going through return to play protocols um, but will travel with the team. His uh, availability is still to be determined um, as it comes to Friday and both Saturday night. Am I right? Uh, was Dornback hit with a puck during the course of play? Was that essentially what happened? It hit in the throat area? Yeah, it's a uh, puck uh, actually hit a skate, oddly enough, and deflected up off a skate, not off a stick. All right. And, um, you know, thankfully, um, caught him kind of the, the right way it, it, it caught him flat not um with the puck hitting directly the, the puck kind of hit his neck flat um which i think limited the damage um obviously created some issue um for what everybody saw there on the bench on saturday night um but did not create any long-term uh thankfully long-term um injuries from that so really an odd play um, we're very thankful that, that he's okay um, for his health first and foremost, and, and then that his availability um, will be good to go for the weekend. 
that's certainly good news. And uh, I would anticipate that uh, uh, the memories created on uh, Saturday night will be uniformly uh, positive. And, and the entire weekend, really, you couldn't have scripted it out much better than it did. We'll talk more specifically in a minute about what took place during the games uh, in a particular sense. But uh, the entire weekend, as you reflect back on that, uh, seemed uh, almost scripted to go as well as they did. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you never know. Um, you, you want those moments to go really well. Um, you know, there's a lot of effort and planning on the back end from people in our administration and facilities here, um, the whole homecoming committee. But then, then you get down into the athletic department and the actual execution of the videos and the music and, and the lights and the banner rays and all those different elements. And I thought, um, thought they went extremely well. Um, I thought it made our guys feel uh, really special. I thought it made the new guys want to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, so I think it had the desired effect. And then for the fans and, and everyone in the building, I thought they did an unbelievable job, you know, being captivated by the story and, and being really engaged in it. And, um, you know, it's college, college sports are different, uh, pro sports, you win on the road sometimes, or sometimes you get to win at home and have that, um, college sports, you never get that, you never get to win at home, and, um, as far as lifting a trophy over your head, and, um, so to be able to come out, um, and for Justin to be able to do a lap with the trophy, yes. wipe out, and get the student section, you know, engage in that, and the whole building, and 6,300 people, in a sold out Magnus arena coming out of COVID, um, you know, the, it just, I thought it was a really bright spot for the university, our athletic department and our hockey program for how good things are here on our campus and within our program and department. Well, I, I felt on Friday night that you played extraordinarily well. And again, uh, I'll repeat what you said last week. Um, I, I thought maybe a little more so on Saturday night, but but even Friday night for the first two periods, you're going up against a formidable opponent in Providence College, uh, without question a top 10 team. And you even went as far as to say maybe even a top five team at some point this year. Yeah, I think I think they're excellent. Um, you know, I think everyone witnessed two games that didn't feel like October hockey games. And we haven't been in any game sort of felt like October hockey games, which is great for our group to be, you know, four and two through that and have grown a lot um, through that. And I, yeah, I think Nate and their staff have done a real good job. I think it's a hungry team that we were playing on the other side. You know, they've missed the tournament the last couple of years and um, they want to get back there. And, um, you know, I know their leadership is, is very strong and um, they play hard and there was not a lot of open ice either way. And um, it was good for our guys to be able to execute um, to that high of a level. We didn't give up a five-on-five five goal on the weekend, which which is again really good. Not not surprising, I should say, that we've only given up four in six games with who we had coming back in goal and on our decor. But um, you still never know how people are going to respond to a new season, and uh, for us to be that stout defensively, five-on-five five, um, again is a really good thing. Why do you think your power play on Friday night was so good? Three or four goals came on a power play. You only gave up the one power play goal. 
that they scored and they had a 40% power play coming into the series. Why do you think the power play functioned so well uh, on Friday night? And by the end of the night, uh, your uh, fine defenseman, Shai Bulliam, had a career high three assists uh, in the game. You outshot them 28-26. You went three for four on the penalty kill, but more impressively scored those three power play goals. Yeah, I thought, um, you know, it starts with the first one, you know, our, our, um, we're moving it around really good, liked our the simplicity of our puck movement, and uh, they blocked two big shots. The, the white unit comes over the boards to replace the crimson unit, and, um, you know, Divine makes an unbelievable play to Lorenz driving the net, and um, so I, I think it started the right way with just puck movement and attacking off the rush then for the second unit. Um, and then getting into the second period, um, again, it was puck recoveries and we were one-timing pucks. We, we talked about maybe using a third unit during the five minute major. Um, but we had the puck in zone so much and we were getting whistles from shot attempts and then winning face-offs. So we felt like we could keep going, um, and just go one, two, one, two, one. Um, and we obviously, we get the goal on that. So. Again, I just think it was the the killer instinct of in a lot of times that is showcased through uh, puck movement and nothing more um, apparent of that than the the power play goal on Saturday night um, where we one touch it around. We get a puck to the net. We bang home a really ugly goal. Uh, Mazer crashing down on the backside. Benning's actually up in that front screening. So it's just five smart people. Um, on the ice, I got to be out there executing and, and not getting outworked by the penalty kill. And I thought we did that um, throughout the weekend. It, it allowed us to have some success. And, um, you know, when you don't give up any five on five goals and your power play does that, you're going to you're gonna win a lot of hockey games. They say your best penalty killer is often your goaltender. And that certainly seemed to be the case on both nights, didn't it? With Corona uh, playing uh, two superb games, really, between the pipes. Yeah, he was really good. Um, obviously, had the big save in the in the first period there um, on Friday night, where he extends his leg and gets that out. Um, and then, you know, th- just he was who he was. He he was getting timely whistles for us. Um, you know, was seeing things on the kill when he needed to be called upon. Um, you know, unfortunately, we give up. You know, I le- really liked our kill. We still give up three on the kill, two from failed clears that are point blank chances. Then. You know, oftentimes you don't get a puck down the ice. There's a really good scoring chance coming in the next four to seven seconds. And um, credit to Providence, they they made us pay for those two failed clears. And um, and then they get kind of a weird one um, late on Saturday. Um, but I, I liked Magnus a lot on the weekend. Uh, liked their kill a lot on the weekend. Think that we made them really uncomfortable and uh, really limited their chances to to few. And a fast and physical game from your standpoint on both nights, the way you like to play it? Yeah, it was fast. Um, I, we didn't back down from the physicality. Right. Um, and they're big. Yeah, that's a big team. Yeah, no, they are. And I will say playing UMass, like they're not as big as UMass. Um, and so they 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 angle more than like stepping and hitting like maybe UMass would. Um, but still, like there's not a lot of free ice anywhere on the ice, in zone, in the neutral zone. and um, I just, yeah, it was a, it was a man's game and it, it felt like a, a late March, um, early April hockey game, you know, rather than a mid-October game. Especially on Saturday night with all the emotion in the game. We'll come back 
and we'll talk more about the upcoming series with Miami and uh, get David's breakdown of uh, the line combinations, the defense tandems, which were essentially the same this past weekend from Friday night to Saturday night as the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl continues. Stay with us. David, you used a similar lineup as uh, the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl continues. You used uh, basically identical lineups uh, with your uh, line combinations and your defense pairings on both Friday night and Saturday night. And uh, although the fourth line didn't actually get on the score sheet, you felt the go-ahead goal on Saturday night for you late in the second period that made it two to one started as a result of the fourth line finishing its shift and allowing you to change against a tired Providence contingent. Yeah, it, um, I thought it was a really selfless team first sequence, um, and it's what we want to do to teams in the second period. Obviously, we score the power play goal. The, the Capone line comes out. We win a face-off. We get it right back below their goal line. Um, we're possessing some pucks, and then they ice it. Uh, you know, they've been out there maybe 30, 35 seconds. Then we get the bros line on with bros uh, – Dornbach and Lorenz and then they're going to work for 35 40 seconds in the offensive zone doing a nice job hanging on to pucks um, then they change while they're in the offensive zone it allows um, Rizzo Mazer and Wright to get on the ice fresh and you know if you watch the whole sequence it's probably you know a full two minutes from the end of the first goal to the to the second goal um, but they end up chipping a puck out all three of their forwards change their D are not able to get on the ice and then it allows Mazer to blow by uh, their defenseman who's been out there for two minutes and we've changed twice. Rizzo yeah. blows by his defenseman for a backdoor tap in. And so it's just, it's pioneer hockey. It's, it's being selfless and changing before you're tired to stay fresh and to be able to keep our foot on the gas against a, a really good opponent and, and forcing people to defend when they're tired is, um, I don't care who you are, um, that's not, not a fun task to do. Each of your defense pairings produced multiple points. Uh, we, we mentioned uh, uh, Boyum's uh, three points on Friday night. Uh, Barron's had a couple of his uh, assists on the weekend. Uh, Benning had a couple of points on the weekend. And uh, your top three lines all uh, contributed uh, to the scoring. Uh, let's uh, go uh, line by line, if we could, real quick. Uh, Rizzo, Mazer, and Wright. I, I thought Rizzo and Mazur, I know Davies got the winning goal. It was a terrific goal. Blew the roof off Magnus Arena on uh, Saturday night. But uh, I thought Rizzo and Mazur, uh, certainly the last half of the game on Saturday night, were the two best players on the ice. Yeah, they were really good. Um, you know, I think Rizzo, um, you know, he's responded from a, a tough Friday night out at UMass. He's been pretty consistent here the last three games. And it's the player we need him to be. He wants to be a first-line center at this level. Um, everybody knows who you are, and, and they're going to give you their best. And I think Massimo did a nice job handling that on the weekend. Um, Carter, you know, is is a very consistent player and, um, you know, obviously factors in highly on both the power play, uh, the penalty kill, and five-on-five. Five. So, but he's a big part of the PK on the weekend. And, um, and Jared Wright just brings a level of speed and tenacity 
and he'll do some of the grunt work um, and dirty work that, that those guys maybe um, don't have the ability or the energy to do sometimes. And, and he's a good enough player where he's not breaking the chain. So, um, you know, with their puck support coming up the ice. So uh, like that group a lot, um, and especially on Saturday night, once the bench got short. Right. And you had a couple of injuries you had to overcome. As you mentioned earlier, uh, Braz, Dornback, and uh, Lorenz, uh, I thought were excellent uh, throughout the weekend. And I, I know, I, I think I'm remembering correctly that maybe you moved Dornback up to that uh, top line um, uh, here and there uh, during the weekend. But basically, uh, that was uh, uh, your uh, uh, line combination. And uh, I thought they showed very well. On the weekend yeah it's our third game now playing together um had a full week of practice being together and thought it was you know it was nice like there was not a lot of puck possession time for them against umass um on that saturday night but i thought they against a team that plays pretty hard and heavy down low you know their puck protection and, and spacing in the ozone again um allow us to possess it tire their d out and, and ultimately catch them in a change there in the second period to, for the go-ahead goal on Saturday night. So um, hopefully continue to see that group grow. Three really good hockey players um, that as they up their talk and on the ice, their chemistry is only going to grow. Um, and I, I think it could be a real good line for us. And, of course, the King line before King got hurt, uh, also very effective uh, for you. We've talked about the fourth line already uh, before we break. Uh, give us a little bit of uh, a commentary on your defense uh, pairings, which uh, basically stayed uh, essentially the same throughout the weekend. Uh, Barons with Mayhew, uh, your captain, Justin Lee, will be playing uh, Friday night his 100th game uh, on the Hilltop. And then, of course, Mike Benning, uh, Boyum and Anderson, uh, also a, an effective pairing for you this past weekend. Yeah, I mean, the, the top five are, are playing a lot. Um, there's no doubt about that. They'll kind of mix and match here and there. But, um, you know, I think they've they've all handled the challenge quite well. We've talked about our five-on-five -five defense, and I, I'm, I don't think we've been out – well, we got outshot on Saturday. So one out of five – one out of six games we've been outshot. I think a lot of that is our D-man's ability to – to break pucks out um, cleanly and then to be able to break things up, particularly off the rush and, and in the corners, killing plays. And the group of them have done a nice job of it. We've seen some growth, um, particularly in Kent Anderson. I um, think he's doing a nice job adjusting and, and adapting to how we play. And um, he got rewarded for, for that and, and being in both games. Uh, on the weekend, Lane Crimson comes in Saturday um, you know, a kid who's, who's given everything to the program and good for him to get that opportunity um, to get in the lineup as well. We'll come back and talk about Miami, the upcoming opponent, the NCHC opener, uh, the series this weekend in Oxford. Uh, that's coming next as the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl continues. Coach, you go up against a Miami team that, as hard as this is to believe, you played six times last year, including twice in the playoffs, in the NCHC playoff round, the first uh, round. You won all six, most of them impressively and seemingly uh, with, with great ease. You've got a great run going 
Uh, overall against uh, Miami, I think you've won 12 out of your last 13 against Miami. Everybody picked them to finish last in the conference this year after they won only seven games last year. But they do return their goaltender, much as uh, your team does. And he's a pretty good one. And Oxford is often kind of a tricky place to play, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. It's, um, you know, and for us, it's it's back-to-back trips to the Eastern time zone, um, you know, and, and so it's it's going to be a, a real good challenge. I, I think the other thing is the other goaltenders back, um, you know, they've got a lot of uh, other returners as well. Um, added some transfers. They're four one and one right now. Uh, coming into the weekend, went out at Lowell and, and split with them. A very good team um, that I think a lot of people have as a tournament contender. And um, so you know, I think again, further down in, in uh, Burge's career here at Miami, I think the the team is continuing to take on his identity um, within how they play and their structure and. Um, you know, you, I see a lot of improvements on video uh, from what we've seen from a year ago to today. So, um, and at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're tied with them in the standings. Um, we're both starting with zero points and it's our first opportunity to play in CHC hockey and, and to do it on the road, opening up that way as we did last year is, is never an easy thing to do. And um, it's a real good challenge in front of us uh, that Miami presents. When you go into a series like this uh, against a team that at least prior to the season was not all that highly regarded, I know they got some votes uh, this year uh, and this past week, actually, uh, for uh, uh, the national poll that we referenced earlier from USCHO. Uh, When you get your team ready, uh, are you paying this early in the season, even in your conference opening series, as much attention to the opponent or are you paying a little more attention to your game and what you've done well and perhaps working on some things that you still feel you can do better? Um, it's a bit of both. You, you try and kind of meld the two together. Um, you know, an example, I guess, of that would be, you know, we, we struggled to score goals out at UMass. Um, so we worked a lot on goal scoring um, last week. Um, we worked on our power play with different with different units. Um, you know, I don't think that that's still a solved issue. So um, Monday again was very similar. It was a lot of goal scoring type drills. Um, you know, we ended today on on Wednesday as we record this um, with some goal scoring type of things like we did last week with D forward splitting and just working on our offensive game. And, and then you try and tailor those to things that are going to be helpful against your upcoming opponent. Um, so last week we were doing things that we thought would help against Providence. Um, this week we're doing things that we think will help against Miami. And I think regardless of who you're playing, you're working on things that ultimately are gonna improve and, and help your team. So I think you can meld the two together and, and that's what we've been doing um, here in the early season. Regardless of what your record would be after six games, uh, do you almost kind of reboot now uh, this week after playing six games out of conference and now you're playing in conference? And I, I thought last weekend's game was uh, uh, pretty intense on both nights 
from your point of view, but is there a different kind of intensity that's required, especially in a match like this, where they are prohibitive underdogs and they want, you know, you'll get at least emotionally all of what they have to get. Yeah. Um, so we, we divide the season into segments. Um, and so our first segment was our, was our first six games and, and now we're heading into our second segment and um, we'll have, you know, probably seven, six to seven of those six in the regular season, um, generally one for NCHC postseason and one for the NCAA tournament. And so it gets you up to eight. And so, yeah, you try and create natural breaks in the year for, for, and it's for coaches too, for us to be able to just move on mentally from our non-conference schedule um, to focus and turn the page into the conference play now. And um, you're, you're a hundred percent right. And that we're going to get Miami's very best. They have not played at home um, since the opening weekend, they've been two weekends on the road and, um, you know, you watch those Ferris State games and, and what they played and Goggin was was sold out. It was a great atmosphere uh, from everything that we could see watching it back here in Denver. And, um, you know, we're really looking forward to, again, the challenge of getting on the road again. Last trip didn't go so hot and uh, we want to be better and we want to start this second segment and league play off on the right foot, just as they do. And um, so we expect a really, a really good battle all weekend long. Well, things before we let you run here, uh, I've never heard Magnus louder than it was this past weekend. And somewhat understandably, but uh, Magnus crowds in, in past years have been good crowds, not very often the loudest of crowds, but boy, especially on Saturday night when Devine scored that overtime goal, uh, it did figuratively speaking blow the roof off the place. I've never heard it any louder. Uh, you've been around here for a while in various capacities. Have you ever heard your home crowd as supportive, as loud as it was this past weekend? Um, no, I mean, to be up there, it's, it was an incredible environment for our, for our guys to be in and feel the, the kind of the love and the support um, from the community that, that we are um, so fortunate and blessed to have. Um, you know, I think it's, it's, again, last year, COVID was still yeah. among us and, and it feels as if the, the page is fully turned. And I remember our last game before COVID and that was against CC um, at home. And it was, it was a great environment then in February and um, last Saturday kind of felt like that type of a night again, where we've, we fully, you know, hopefully turn the page from it and right. um, understand, um, you know, that there's still things out there um, that are happening. But, um, you know, generally speaking, we put it past us. And in that year um, that, that the COVID shut down, I think we were averaging 5,700 people a night and um, we're off to a really good start from an attendance perspective. It's a uh, I think people are excited about hockey in this community. They're excited about uh, pioneer hockey and, and what we're trying to accomplish. And uh, we love having the support and the people in the building and understand too, that there's a lot of options for people out there, but yeah. uh, we think we put a really good product out there um, and our kids work, work real hard to, to be in entertainment uh, for the people that, that come into our building. And so it was great to see everyone out. Um, our kids really appreciate it, um, as does our staff.
the quest for 10 begins. That was on uh, the scoreboard uh, over the weekend. Uh, do you mind that phrase, speaking as you just were, about maybe breaking now from last year and working to uh, accomplish the same sort of thing this year, this year being a fresh year? I take it you didn't mind uh, that phrase, the quest for 10 begins. No, I, and I think we we come by that honestly. And, you know, I maybe shouldn't have been doing it, but I was talking about it at the Frozen Four last year. Um, you know, after I know the, you were, I remember the, the day that we won the ninth one. And so, um, you know, I, I think, yeah, that the summer and the spring were unbelievable um, celebrations, but, you know, we've, we've uh, again, talked about it honestly and um, have not shied away from it. And our players have talked about it honestly and not shied away from it in their meetings with us. And um, I think that's, again, people come to Denver to try and hang banners and, and to do what we did this Saturday night. And it's not an easy thing to do. It's, it's really a hard thing to do to come to Denver and, and be a part of that uh, culture and standard of expectation that we have. Um, but we're, we're thrilled to be chasing it year in and year out and um, excited for the prospects of this year's team as we continue to improve, um, you know, week to week, month to month, segment to segment throughout this season. Two game series at Miami in Oxford on Friday afternoon, 5 p.m. puck drop mountain time on 104.3, the fan HD3 and uh, the same broadcast arrangement on Saturday night with Miami to wrap up the two game set starting at five o'clock mountain time. Uh, Coach, good luck. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Sandy. This has been the Coach's Show uh, alongside our uh, friends from Campus Lounge, the Campus Lounge Coach's Show with David Carl. We'll see you right back here next week.